3: Hello, and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. Today, the SPAC, seeking a merger with Trump's Truth Social, agrees to a settlement with the SEC. Details begin to emerge about Rudy Giuliani's meeting with the Department of Justice. The White House complex was evacuated and hazmat brought in because the Secret Service found cocaine. And a federal judge has blocked the Biden administration from meeting and communicating with social media companies. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana, are you
2: enjoying your hot dog holiday? I am enjoying my hot dog holiday. Yep. And I have to just assume that cocaine was left by Junior and they just, no one ever went into that room.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I left that story for you. Just thank you. Yep. Just for you. Uh, I'm having a good day. Um, Quote unquote day off, right? I mean, we're here making, you know, we're we're, here making the news, but I've been watching uh, that there's a little house on the Prairie marathon happening. Really? So I'm feeling fucking wholesome as shit today. (laughs) That is the funniest sentence
2: I think I've ever, (laughs) I'm wholesome as shit.
3: (laughs) Fucking little house on the prairie right in my veins. Fuck it, they're going to Sleepy Eye tomorrow. It's gonna, it's a big day. That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm really excited for this next episode. And uh, we have uh, a a ton of news and I want to thank everybody, by the way, I want to thank our patrons and everybody who's listening. I mean, this show is free, but patrons get it early and ad-free. If you want to become a patron, you can do it by going to patreon.com slash wrote. And if you kick in $5 a month, you also get the Jack podcast for free. We're starting to get a lot, of, a lot of attention over on the Jack podcast, and it's probably because we're about to get some really great indictments. And Dana, this is kind of cool. I am working on hitting the road again, taking this yes. motherfucker on tour for the fantasy indictment tour coming up probably in the fall. Depends on how far out I can book these, you know, little theaters. So we'll see how that goes. And also, uh, patrons, check your inbox. See if you want to come out to a uh, meet and greet with me for some cocktails and mocktails, either in Chicago or when I'm there for Netroots Nation, July 13th through 15th, or in Grand Rapids. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, I think the meetup is the 21st of July. In Fantastic. Good, good old Grand Rapids. So hitting the fucking road like a patriot. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> It's a weird day, Uh, but we do have a lot of news to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes.
2: All
3: right. First up from CNN, blank check firm, Digital World Acquisition Corp, said it reached an agreement in principle with the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, after the commission began investigating the company's merger deal with Trump's Truth Social. The owner of that is Trump Media and Technology Group, TMTG. The terms are not yet definitive, though I hear it's an $18 million settlement. Um, This is according to an SEC filing. The final agreement is subject to approval by the SEC, the commission. If it's approved, the SEC will enter a cease and desist order with the company finding DWAC violated violated anti-fraud provisions connected to initial public offering filings. They did a fraud with Truth Social, Dana. Those filings were about certain statements, agreements and omissions relating to the timing and discussions that the company had with Trump Media and Technology Group. Hmm. Wonder how Devin Nunes is doing today. Nearly two years ago, former President Donald Trump's media group agreed to combine with DWAC to bring the company public through what's known as a SPAC, a special purpose acquisition corporation, which I had been calling an SPAC. But thanks to a good news submission. Indeed. I know it's called a SPAC now. But the deal has raised eyebrows from legal experts and from me, who said, what the fuck? It's drawn scrutiny from regulators and prosecutors as well. If DWAC amends its IPO filings, it will have to pay the SEC an $18 million civil penalty after the closing of any merger deal. So that's why I think the rumblings are that this settlement is $18 million. TMTG is not party to the settlement, according to the SEC filing, and did not consent to it. Quote, TMTG may disagree and try to terminate the merger agreement, the SEC filing said. Oh, good. Bummer. Neither the SEC nor TMTG could be reached for comment. DWAC said in the filing that the settlement in principle is in the best interest of its shareholders and would prevent a drawn-out litigation with the SEC, which we would most definitely lose because we're fuckers. Quote, DWAC remains ready and willing to consummate a transaction, gross, with TMTG (laughs) to create an alternative media platform and bring value to its shareholders. We're going to fuck our shareholders is what the DWAC is saying. Last week, federal prosecutors arrested three investors, uh, could actually be five, on insider trading charges related to the deal to take Trump's media business public. They allegedly made more than $22 million in a what I call Trump and dump scheme uh, in October of 2021 by illegally trading on non-public knowledge of the DWAC TMTG merger. So, okay, I kind of like it.
2: Trump's not big on consent, so at least he's getting a taste of his own medicine on this one. (laughs) Now, uh, this is from The Washington Post. A federal judge on Tuesday, they blocked key Biden administration agencies and officials from meeting and communicating with social media companies about protected speech. This is an extraordinary preliminary injunction in an ongoing case that could have profound effects on the First Amendment. The injunction came in response to a lawsuit brought by Republican attorneys general in Louisiana and Missouri, who alleged that government officials went too far in their efforts to encourage social media companies to address posts that they worried could contribute to vaccine hesitancy during the pandemic or upend elections, which seems like a big deal to me. <laughs> you
3: went too Jeez. far to protect
2: American How lives dare and democracy, you <laughs> bastards. fucking dare you. Uh, the Trump appointed judges that their move that could undo years of efforts to enhance coordination between the government and social media companies. For more than a decade, the federal government has attempted to work with social media companies to address a wide range of criminal activity, and that's including child sexual abuse images and terrorism. Now, the injunction was a victory for the state
3: attorney's general. For sex, child sexual abusers and terrorists.
2: (laughs) Um, Seriously, (laughs) they've been they've accused the Biden administration of enabling and I quote sprawling federal censorship enterprise to encourage tech giants to remove politically unfavorable viewpoints and speakers. I'm sorry, I didn't realize being against sex trafficking was a politically unfavorable viewpoint. Mm. Yeah. And they're saying for conservatives who've accused the government of suppressing their speech. In their filings, the attorneys general alleged the actions amount to, and I quote, the most egregious violations of the First Amendment in the history of the United States of America. The whole history. They're very dramatic.
3: Mm, that's yes. the most egregious violations of the First Amendment in the history of the yep. United States.
2: Okay. Yeah, 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 yep. The judge, Terry Doughty, or maybe that's how Terry says his last name, has yet to make a final ruling in the case, but in issuing the injunction... He signaled he is likely to side with the Republican attorneys general and find that the Biden administration ran afoul of the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Now, a White House official said the Justice Department is reviewing the court's injunction and will evaluate its options in this case. Mm-hmm. In addition to limiting the government's communications with tech companies, doughty I'm assuming it's Doughty. Do you think it's pronounced differently? Could be Doughty, could be Dowdy. All right. Dowdy also prohibited the agencies and officials from, and I quote, collaborating, coordinating, partnering, switchboarding, and or jointly working with key academic groups that focus on social media, including the Election Integrity Partnership, which is a coalition of researchers led by the Stanford Internet Observatory and the University of Washington Center for Informed Public. They seem reputable. I don't know why they don't want to partner with them. Mm. House Republicans have also been demanding documents from these academics amid accusations that they have colluded with government officials to suppress conservative speech. Jesus H. Christ. Mm. Yep. The Republican state attorneys general argued that the Biden administration ran afoul, as we said, of the First Amendment by threatening legal action against the tech companies amid disputes over speech on the platforms. Their complaint cites occasions when the Biden administration threatened to take antitrust action against the companies or undo Section 230 which is a legal shield that protects tech giants from lawsuits. This is a quote from the story. The deep state planted a seed of suppression of government censorship, but that seed was fertilized, germinated, and grew rapidly once President Biden took (laughs) office. That's from Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey. That's what he said in an interview with The Washington Post prior to this decision. Anyone who talks about the deep state should immediately... Stop being considered reputable, in my my opinion. Mm -hmm. However, apparently this holds weight with the judge. The Biden administration disputes the Republicans' claim, arguing that the communications that the GOP officials uncovered, that it reflects the government using its bully pulpit to promote accurate information in the face of foreign interference in elections and a deadly virus. Hmm. Justice Department lawyers argued during a May hearing that Republicans' accusations claimed that their claims were laced with hyperbole. And that's according to the court transcript, by the way. They also <laughs> warned that an injunction could undermine national security efforts since the Republicans' lawsuit critiques multiple programs that were established to respond to evidence that Russian actors exploited American social networks to sow disinformation in the fallout
3: of the 2016 election. Insert narrator, they did. Yeah. So all of the ways in which the Republican Party is trying to stop people From pointing out disinformation, from stopping Russia from interfering in our elections, from, uh, you know, whether it's academics, art, comedy, podcasting, anything at all, uh, this is a win for them. And hopefully the Department of Justice will take the proper course of action. We'll be keeping our eyes on the DOJ for you and let you know what they decide. All right. From the Wall Street Journal, special counsel Jack Smith's team in recent weeks has taken a growing interest in the role of lawyers and other figures involved in legal efforts aimed at reversing Trump's loss, major, huge fucking loss in 2020. According to people familiar, prosecutors from Smith's team <laughs> have issued subpoenas and asked questions centered on several key figures in those post-election efforts, including Sidney Powell, a pro-Trump lawyer who spread baseless claims of widespread voter fraud. The subpoenas have also requested communications with. Emily Newman, a lawyer who worked with Powell. Newman. And, Newman. And Mike Roman, a Republican operative who headed Election Day operations for the Trump campaign and dispatched lawyers to swing states before November 2020. Before November 2020. Federal prosecutors also recently interviewed Rudy, who served as Trump's personal lawyer at the time for roughly eight hours on topics including Sidney Powell. Uh, They were interested, among other things, in that December 18th, 2020 meeting in the Oval Office, during which Powell pitched a plan to have the U.S. military seize control of voting machines. That's the one where Donald ran the idea past everybody that Sidney Powell should be appointed special counsel to investigate election fraud. Their meeting erupted into a shouting match between White House lawyers and Powell and her associates, prompting Trump to call Giuliani, who left a dinner in Georgetown, to referee the dispute. That's who I want call on the shots in my <laughs> shouting match meetings. Giuliani recounted some details of the episode in his testimony before the House committee that investigated January 6th. Following the meeting in the early morning hour, just actually about an hour and a half after that meeting ended is when Trump tweeted, big protest in D.C., be there, will be wild. By the way, that tweet is mentioned in pretty much every single Oath Keepers and Proud Boys indictment. Yeah, that is the gift that keeps on giving. Powell and her defense lawyer didn't return requests for comment, which is probably for the best. Giuliani and a spokesperson for Smith didn't return calls seeking comment, also probably for the best. Giuliani, whose interview was reported earlier by CNN and others, voluntarily spoke with investigators under a proffer session, known colloquially as a queen for a day deal in which witness provides information to prosecutors who in turn promise not to use it against them in potential criminal proceedings unless they determine the witness lied. I'm sure Lindsey Graham has wanted several of those.
2: You, sir, are (laughs) queen for a day.
3: Well, I just wish he would send just five bucks to Donald Trump. Now, Roman spoke with prosecutors (laughs) under a similar agreement for a voluntary interview, according to a person familiar with that proffer. In a previous interview with the House committee, Roman invoked his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, basically saying, if I tell you, uh, I could be charged with a crime. That was when he was asked about his interactions with Giuliani following the election. He and his lawyer didn't respond to requests for comment either. Prosecutors have also been asking other witnesses about the involvement of Giuliani and other Trump lawyers, including the lady he farted on, Jenna Ellis, and Kenneth Cheesebro, who's got the funniest name in all of lawyerdom. That's according to people familiar. Prosecutors questioned Giuliani about the role of another lawyer, good old John Eastman, who was the architect of strategies to stop Congress from certifying Biden's victory and sought to persuade then-Vice President Mike Pence to basically break the law And throw out votes. Giuliani and Eastman were central figures in the so called war room at the Willard Hotel in downtown Washington. As we know, Owen Schreuer has signed a little bit of a cooperation agreement. He was also at the Willard. Uh, That's where some of Trump's most loyal advisors worked to overturn the 2020 election results and kind of plan the attack on the Capitol. Meadows wanted to go and told Cassidy Hutchinson, send me a thing, make me a movement, (laughs) send me over to the Willard. And she's like, you probably don't want to do that, dumbass. And uh, he didn't end up going. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger was questioned recently, we know, in Atlanta. Trump, in a 2021 phone call, asked for 11,780 votes. And an official in Raffensperger's office confirmed the visit and added that one of the people the team asked about was Rudy. Prosecutors on Smith's team have also scrutinized efforts to fundraise off the big lie. Like the inquiry in the fake elector scheme, the focus on fundraising has raised questions about where political activity might be so detached from the truth that it crosses the line from First Amendment protected speech into criminal conduct. Narrator, it did. It did. All right,
2: last story in this one. Uh, (laughs) NBC News. It seems that the U.S. Secret Service is investigating a small amount, just a little amount, of white powdery substance discovered in a work area in the West Wing on Sunday. This is from the Secret Service official. The substance, which, yes, has tested positive for cocaine... On a field test, that's according to a radio dispatch from the Washington, D.C. Fire Department, led to brief evacuation inside the White House Sunday night. I'm Get not away. sure why. Get away from the cocaine. Yeah, I'm not sure why they evacuated the White House when it wasn't like anthrax, but everyone out of here, we need to finish snorting this. Uh, the Secret Service is testing the substance, which they determined was non-hazardous, and is said in a statement they are investigating the matter. Hey, did you hear that, everyone? The, the, the government has determined cocaine is not hazardous. Oh, look at that. And this is a quote from the story. On Sunday evening, the White House complex went into a precautionary closure as officers from the Secret Service Uniform Division investigated an unknown item found inside a work area, which apparently was a baggie. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Anthony Guglielmi. Guglielmi? Yeah, I Guglielmi. So. How you doing? Anthony Guglielmi is a spokesperson for the Secret Isn't Service. is that the bad, scary guy from the Smurfs? No, that um, was Gargamel. That was Gargamel. Gargoyle. Gargamoyle? Gargamel? Gargamel. Gargamel. I'm like, that doesn't sound right at all. Excuse me while I finish my white powder. Um, <laughs> this is um, a spokesman for the Secret Service. He said, uh, and I quote, the D.C. Fire Department was called to evaluate and quickly determine the item to be non-hazardous and quite delicious. The I- that, just kidding. <laughs> the item was sent. They didn't eat it. It just smells nice. The item was sent for further evaluation and investigation into the cause and matter of how it entered the White House is pending I'm I'm hoping it didn't have anything to do with the pride celebration that just happened last month. President Joe Biden was not at the White House at the time the substance was discovered. And you can't call him Sleepy Joe and also say he's on cocaine. So, I mean, even, even if he was there, give me a fucking break. So the president wasn't there when it was discovered. He left for Camp David on Friday. Uh, returning to Washington on Tuesday morning, the White House declined to comment on the white substance yeah. in the work area that was tested positive. The Republicans are like, for cocaine.
3: Oh, he just happened to leave right before that happened, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good old Sleepy Joe.
2: That's right. Gave him enough energy to hit Camp David.
3: Dude, <laughs> somebody who works at the White House dropped their fucking Coke. That's. What that's I love, <laughs> I think it's hysterical, but you know, what have you. I, I know, we
2: we'll get emails probably. Uh, I'm sure someone's, t- listen, we're not saying. No, I'm not even going to get in there because I'm sure I'm going to bury myself. Who amongst us? Actually, me. Me amongst us have never done cocaine.
3: But I'm sure a lot of our <laughs> a, lot, a lot of our listeners probably have. Oh, it was Eric Clapton. That's what happened. Yeah. It was just Eric Clapton. Uh, and briefly. What, not because, that, again, nothing against Eric Clapton. He has a song. Oh, my about. God.
2: We've got to stop. Everyone's going
3: to write it Cocaine, I I right? Eric Clapton was not a coquette. Okay, no, it's like quit explaining your jokes and apologizing. Okay, just real briefly before we get to the good news. One of the fake Twitter troll accounts responsible for weaponizing my experience with domestic violence against me has been suspended. This is oh yeah, Erica Marsh. She was at Erica Report on Twitter. She had over one hundred thirty-three thousand followers. She, she shared my ex-husband's response to my application for a restraining order back in January, and since then, for the last seven months, that account, along with the Fraud 101 account, uh, who did that dumb hit piece on me, has also been suspended recently for harassment, by the way, of me. Both have been stalking and harassing me in an effort to silence, you know, uh, big, valuable, cool fucking voices. So, well, they're gone. So, truth always wins. I'm glad. Uh, anyway. We have uh, a lot of good news to get to. If you have good news to send us, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We'll be right back with it. Stick around.
0: Hey,
3: everybody, it's AG, and I want to check in with you all about Netroots Nation. You might remember I mentioned last month I'm excited to be going to Chicago July 13th through the 15th for Netroots Nation. This is the largest gathering of progressive activists in the country. It happens every year in a different place, and this year it's in the fantastic city of Chicago, one of my favorite places, and you should come too. Netroots Nation is part learning about issues, part skills building, part rallying the folks who do the work, and part fun. Some people come for their jobs, lots of people come because they just care a lot about what citizens can contribute to politics. For everybody there, it's eye-opening, inspiring, and a chance to connect. The organizers just announced the agenda of training sessions to help you be more effective in the activism you do. You should check it out. It's at the Netroots Nation website, which is netrootsnation.org. There's one on relational organizing that I think might appeal to Beans listeners. You know, vote blue and take someone with you. Sound familiar? There'll be broadcasters and podcasters set up at Media Row where I'll be and at the convention. And maybe we'll run into each other there. I'll probably be doing some interviews with folks that I meet. I know it'll be great. I'll update you on planning for Netroots as we get closer, including info about keynote speakers and remember, Netroots Nation organizers have given us a discount code. Just enter promo code DAILYBEANS, all one word, to get 10% off the price of your ticket. They've got a discounted hotel block, too. So go to netrootsnation.org and register so that we know you're coming. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. <laughs> Who likes good news? near. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, if you want to play What the Mutt, or you have Shit Kids Say, or you have a whoopee story, or a Stuffed Animal story, shout out to a local business in your area, or your business. We have so many makers, creators, and wonderful entrepreneurs that are part of the Leguminati. Uh, Any funny story, really, at all? Misheard song lyrics are always a good time. If you wanted me to guess the breed of your horse. (laughs) Apparently, I'm very good at that. Uh, Frog orgies, baby pictures, collecting double-ended dildos at the side of the creek. Whatever you want to send into to us, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And yes, that last thing actually happened. Listen to the January 5th, 2021 episode of the Daily Beans called Charismatic hey. Mega Plastics. You've got your strengths, Gina. I've got mine. Ayo. All right, first up from Miss Tasha. I don't know why I said that. Uh, first up from Miss Tasha. It's, it's like Hey, bada bing. Okay. <laughs> Ayo. it's like that old improv game where you, after everything you say, you say, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, you, you want some? You want you some? You know what I mean? You want some bread if you know what I'm talking about? Like, what? What? No, no. All right, from Miss Tasha, pronouns she and her. Good news. Hola, Rienes de Frijoles. I am really excited to share this good news. I teach multimedia productions to middle school students. Oh, cool. Our school district is in Maryland. It holds a student film festival where students submit their work in animations, video production, and this year, podcasts. Nice. The award ceremony is held at a local theater with all the pomp and circumstance, including a red carpet and interviews and the whole nine yards. This year, my students submitted five videos there will be links in the show notes, in the middle school category. The amazing, hardworking festival organizers create links for the public to vote on their favorite videos. The video with the most votes wins. You know what to do. There is a second level of awards called the Academy Awards, where professionals from various production fields adjudicate the films and podcasts on a rigorous level, awarding the best in certain categories, such as best sound, best special effects, and best cinematography. This year, my eighth graders won two People's Choice Awards. Best middle school broadcast feature. Nice. Quote, at Kettering, we are a PBIS story. Unquote. Modeling the positive behavior program we used in the school. And best middle school micro movie. Quote, turning green for our planet. Unquote. Highlighting our school's food waste composting program. So cool. Seriously. The third award brought me the most joy. It won the Academy Award for Best Documentary, beating out the high school videos. Salvando las Mariposas, Saving the Butterflies. Our school has a Spanish immersion program. The classes are taught in Spanish. As a creative arts class, I don't teach in Spanish, but I know enough Spanish to call my Spanish-speaking parents to discuss their child's behavior. You may know that the monarch butterflies are headed toward the endangered species list. The video explains why they're important to human life, their pollinators, and what we can do to help them. This video was made by my seventh grade Spanish immersion students and is in Spanish with English subtitles, and I'm so very proud of them.
2: This is so <gasps> cool. Miss Tasha, I'm, <sighs> this
3: is just awesome. Your kids are badass. Abso-friggin-lutely. How wonderful. Oh, thank you for that submission. Um, you uh, want to take the next two? Here? Yeah, because
2: I got a picture with two cute gays in it. So yeah, Hey-ya. this is from Roger, pronouncing him. Hi, beans, ladies, longtime listener and often every other Friday Zoom visitor. A quick shout out to my amazing husband, Dino. We are celebrating our nine-year wedding anniversary and seventeen years together this month. Thank you for all you do. Pet tax is Ruthie Esmeralda. Of course it's Ruthie. Happy Esmeralda. anniversary, you two very handsome men. Look and
3: your pup is the sweet dog. looking pup. Oh, uh, where where are you guys? I mean, are do you live in the beach areas? Are we in the same town? Are we in the same hood? Are we adjacent? Are we ad- Are we beach adjacent? Love it. Fantastic. Congratulations. Um, and and thank you for sending in your beautiful puppers. Oh, so cute. Next one. Oh, sure. Happy to. This is from
2: Jocelyn, pronoun she and her. Hello, my beanie babies. My ears pr- uh, pricked up when you mentioned spoonerisms Ew. or when people transposed the beginnings of words. I probably do it more often than I mean to. That was my interjection. <laughs> my mom was infamous for her spoonerisms. My favorite story was a phone conversation I overheard when she was talking about my brothers. Oh, boy. Chuck and Phil, <laughs> add meaningful pause here. Yes, she referred to my brothers as fuck and chill, really, because I'm a bad daughter. After I got up off the floor, I immediately told everyone I knew. Uh, As chance would have it, I was introducing said brothers to some work friends several months later. One friend exclaimed, we've heard all about you. Which one's which? Phil stuck out his hand and said, I'm chill. Chuck stuck out his hand and slyly stated, I'm the other one. (laughs) As pod pet Tax, here, my cat dudes, Skippy and Wally two six-year-olds I adopted two months ago. Skippy is the peanut butter colored one. Wally, short for walrus, is the gray one. You can't tell from this picture, but he arrived at my house weighing over 20 pounds and I'm on a mission to slim him down. Wish me luck. Uh Looking forward to celebrating future indictments as the arc of the universe gradually bends towards justice.
3: Look at this chonky monkey. Sweet babies. They look so soft and sleepy. Now, now I want to take a nap. That's Can we do that? Can we do nap time after yeah, this? Yeah, right after this. Uh-huh. Thank you. All right, next up from Lori, pronouns she and her. Hello, Beans Queens. I listen to the Daily Beans every day and have for a while now, and I miss it when it's not there. I also listen to Jack and Clean Up on aisle 45. I cannot get enough of you. Anyway, in yesterday's good news, a listener wrote that their cat announced loudly when even a smidgen of the bottom of the bowl appeared and demanded that the bowl be topped off. As a PSA for cat owners, often cats do this because the bowl is too narrow and too deep. Their whiskers come into contact with the edge of the bowl and it irritates them. This is called whisker stress or whisker fatigue. Wow. My cats have this. And for pet tax, here are two of my cats, but in painting form. I paint in pastels. Oh, wow. The rainbow one is of my feral barn cat, Lena, and the other one is of my house cat, Colby. (gasps) Lori, these are really beautiful. Oh, my God. And these in pastels,
2: are... I mean, it's not... Pastels aren't necessarily the most forgiving medium to use with canvas. They're beautiful. Wow. Very impressive. I love these so much. I and mean, the are second amazing. one, the shadows. I mean, that's gorgeous. I know. It just feels so warm. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for sharing your gift with us. Yeah, And toast. just to close this out here, this is Sally, Pronoun she and her. I wish I knew your birthday. Uh, Because what a present this is to you. My niece at age five was in the checkout line with her mom and the checker was being sweet to my niece and chatting about being grown up. And this is a quote. Why do you want to be grown up? The checker said, so I can swear, answered my niece, (laughs) who must
3: now hold a special place in your heart. Beans guys. Uh, Yep. Yep. So you can use the bowl. you, You use dad's bowling words. That's, Mary, your Dad's bowling words—that's what we used to say at my house. Dad uses bowling words at home. Oh, Sally, that's wonderful. We have a future um, appropriate profanity professional on the rise. Thank you, everybody, for these these pod pet photos and the beach photos and these uh, incredible documentaries and videos from from the middle school. Just so so amazing. Um, any anybody who has anything you want to send in. Uh, send it in to us. Uh, if you want to, and you know what? If you want to give a shout out to yourself, that's a new one that I want to bring out. I would like to hear a shout out to yourself. I like that a lot. Um, we don't do that enough, I feel like. And uh, I w- I want to hear some self-love. So uh, send it into to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Before we get out of here, uh, Dana, I know you'll be out tomorrow. I'll be holding down the fort. It's going to be a busy news day tomorrow. They've been. I know all of my... <laughs> All the people, all the journalists have been sitting on these scoops waiting for the holiday to be over. So I think tomorrow we're going to, we're going to, the floodgates are going to open. We're going to have a busy news day. I know you'll be out, you'll be traveling, but I will hold down the fort. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here and you come back in a couple of days?
2: No final thoughts. Yeah, you know what I do? Ohio, make sure you're paying attention to your special elections this year, please. You can, mm-hmm. you could you do some, you can do some good there. So Make sure you know those dates, and I believe
3: September and November. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, These elections are so so very important. As I mean, we're preaching to the choir, Dana. But take—I think it's more about taking people with you. The simple, do a very simple thing, Um, and this can make the difference in an election. If everybody listening just went to their email lists, like their family and friends' email lists. Or, you know, your your postables email, you know, snail mail list and just reached out to everybody and asked them what their voting plan is. And if they would like to join you and maybe have a party after or go get a drink or have some dinner, Um, that can make all the difference in these elections that are sometimes and often decided just by a handful of votes. Absolutely. That's the most meaningful kind of outreach. Door knocking is important. Text banking, postcarding, all of that is really important. But that personal outreach to your friends and family has a, seriously like an 86% higher impact rate than any of that cold stuff. So please just do that. Just take a minute. and only take a minute. And we really appreciate you. And also send in your shout outs to yourself. Uh, Again, DailyBeansPod.com. Click on contact. We'll be back. Uh, I'll be back in yours tomorrow. Dana will be back the next day. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone with you, Ohio. Everybody. I've been A.G. And I've been D.G. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane